You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Nora. Let's take our Bibles tonight. Proverbs chapter 15, and I haven't heard that song in a long time, and man, that was just, I love that song. Thank you for singing that. And I'll be listening to that this week. I have it somewhere on a CD, and I want to get that back out again. Proverbs chapter 15 in your Bibles tonight. And uh, I want to preach a message that the title is, is, is not going to encourage you, but it's a great lesson. Here's the title. Are you ready for this? Enjoy your vegetables. That's the title. Enjoy your vegetables. You came to church tonight to hear, enjoy your vegetables, okay? And uh, I know, I know, it's, 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 you're like, Pastor, except for a few of you. Mrs. Jones, I know you love your vegetables. And uh, how many of you, though, you're like, I love vegetables. I love them. They're great. Okay, so a lot of you. How many of you are like, I'd rather die? Just no vegetables in my life. Okay, all right. So, but let's be honest, not all vegetables are created equal, Right? I mean, there are some that are amazing and great. One of the worst things, though, as you're growing up, one of the worst things your parents ever said was, eat your vegetables. You don't get any dessert until you eat your vegetables, right? I mean, that was, you know, that was kind of like the hard thing. And I, I love vegetables. I, see, I, I came from the South. Like, I would take collard greens over most things. I love them so much. And in the South, they make it with turkey neck, which... Probably sounds weird to you, but they're literally, that's what they make it with. You know, they like soak it in. Anyway, it's a whole thing. But I love them. If I go to a restaurant, a southern restaurant, and they have them, I've made them myself. They're great. I'll eat, uh, I'll eat some broccoli. If it's smothered in cheese, I will eat, uh, you know, some broccoli. And there are other vegetables like asparagus and things that I will eat, and I enjoy that. Cauliflower is not a vegetable I will eat. I'm sorry. If you like cauliflower... What happened to your taste buds? Did you sear them on something? Like, why in the world? To me, eating cauliflower is like eating a big clod of crunchy dirt. And I just, I just can't do it. And, and by the way, no, I would not like it the way you make it. Everyone's like, oh, but pastor, if you had cauliflower the way I made it, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like it. So don't make it for me, okay? But I will tell you that there is good things about eating vegetables. And tonight, there is a, a, a passage of scripture here in Proverbs chapter 15 that tells you to enjoy your vegetables, okay? And, uh, and so you'll see what we're talking about here. It's really not about the vegetables. It's about something else. But uh, I want you to see it here in the scripture, this one verse. And we're going to look at another verse here as well that's very similar. But Proverbs chapter 15, we're going to find this, this quick little saying, but there's a lot of wisdom in it. Look at verse number 17. Proverbs 15, 17. The Bible says, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is, than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Now, I don't know if you say herbs or herbs, but I'm going to say herbs, okay? Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. The word herbs is the word vegetables. It is. That's what, that's what it translates to, is the word vegetables. That's how we would view it anyway. And so it's saying here that just a plate with a vegetable or two are on it is better than something else. And then it says it's better than a stalled ox. What's a stalled ox? Okay, a, a stalled ox is a fattened like cow or calf. Like you're fattening it. It's not getting the exercise 
It's stalled. It's in a stall, and you're fattening it, and, fattening it, and you're, it's well-fed uh, on purpose. What's the purpose? So you can eat it. <laughs> That's what the purpose was. So it's saying it's better for you to have a plate with just some vegetables on it than to have this huge feast of a fat uh, a, a cow, pretty much, you know, that you can get all the steaks and everything from. But there are a couple other things in that verse that makes the vegetables better than the cow, than the ox. And we're going to look at that. So let's pray together and we'll jump in. Father, help us tonight as we look at this scripture. Lord, you have infused so much wisdom into little bitty pithy sayings in the book of Proverbs. Help us to get some of that wisdom out tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Look at the verse again. Better is a dinner of vegetables or herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Hatred meaning malice, strong dislike. We know what hatred is, but it's strong dislike, very strong dislike with accompanying feelings and actions of hostility. You know, when you think about feelings and actions of hostility, they don't belong in the home. They don't belong in, in a place of fellowship. And it, the Bible says here, it's better to have a dinner of, with vegetables where you don't have much, where, you know, you're, and, 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 and especially in this day and age, you know, they weren't sautéing stuff and butter and, and all that probably, you know. It's pretty plain. You know, here's your vegetable. And, and, but it's better to have that with love than to have this great feast with hatred, with hatred. And so we're looking at this and realizing that it's better to have nothing in your home but love than to have a full house and hatred. It's better. It's better. Yet, what do we continually think and what does our society continually tell us? It tells us that, that we believe that things and money is what brings happiness. And if I can get things and if I can get money, then I will be happy and I will have peace and quiet in my house. I'll have everything I need and want. But they do not bring that. The, it, money is incapable of producing joy. Money never equals joy. Okay, but, uh, but we think that sometimes. And we think if I get things and I have things, then boy, I'll just be happy. I remember when my wife and I first moved here, and, and for the, a couple years after, after we moved here, several years after we moved here, there would come a, move, a new movie would come out, you know, and, and, uh, and I would just be waiting till it came out on DVD. Oh, I want to see that movie so bad or whatever, and uh, you know, good movies, not anything, you know, R-rated or whatever, but, but uh, they, they would come out, and I would think, man, I just can't wait till that comes out on DVD, and, and I get to go buy that movie and watch that movie, and I would, you know, there were times where I would just be so excited about something coming out, and I would wait and wait and wait, and finally the day would come, and I'd go to the store that day, and if we could, and I, I would buy that movie, and I realized I would take that movie, and as soon as I walked out of the store with that movie, the interest left, and I would take that movie home, and I'd set it on the counter, and I'd go about my day, and I wouldn't even watch it sometimes for weeks, and it's like, well, you were, you were counting the day, you were, you were so excited about it until it finally got here. And it hit me a while after that that it wasn't about the movie. It, you know, it wasn't that the movie would bring happiness. The problem was discontentment in my life. The, the problem was things. And I thought, if I get this, I'll be happy. And then I got it, and I was like, oh, okay. What's the, when's the next one coming out? 
And, and sometimes we can have that type of attitude where, where we're always, if I had this, I'd be happy. And if we just had this at our house, then, I, then, then we, we would finally be, a, we'd finally be a complete family. And if we just work a little bit harder and we're able to get that car, or able to get a bigger house, or able to get a yard, or able to get better food on the table, then we would have the happiness. And I'm here to tell you that that's not how it works. It's not how it works. Every July 4th, so just this last week even it happened, Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Company sponsors a hot dog eating contest. Have you ever seen one of these things? My brother-in-law was soul winning in a town in Northern California and met the guy who's won it for like 15 years in a row. Uh, he was like door to door. Joey Chestnut? Yes. You know, it was kind of funny. But uh, they have this hot dog. Eating. It's disgusting. I mean, if you ever watch it, they're dipping the whole hot dog in a glass of water. So you got hot dog juice in your water. How many of you want some hot dog juice right now? No, no, you don't. It's disgusting. And they dip it in there, and they're just chowing the hot dogs, just shoving it down their throat. And then they're, they're eating the, the buns as well. They dip the buns in water, the same water. And, they're, and it's a con in 10 minutes, how many can you eat? Well, for, for years, I remember when I was a kid, like there was a guy named Kobayashi, I think something like that, and he would get like 40 hot dogs in 10 minutes. That's crazy. I mean, that's insane. Then this guy, Joey Chestnut, starts doing them back in, I think it was 2008, and uh, he is the reigning champ from every year since then. He's been, uh, he's been winning since, I think, 2008, every single year. He ate, this year, just a couple days ago, 63 hot dogs. And 63 hot dog buns in 10 minutes. He has done as many as 76 in a competition several years ago. He did 76. And like I read, what happens afterwards? And he's sick. He says that he sweats and he can, his family smells the hot dog through the sweat. Who's hungry right now? No, no, it's disgusting. And, but, you know, and, and, and you think about that competition, like, that's, that's really, and I think the nearest competitor gets, like, 40 or 50. Like, no one is, is getting as many as him. 63 hot dogs is, is incredible. There, there, there's not even usually anyone close to him. Now, none of us are doing that. None of us are just going to go sit out there and eat 64 tacos tonight. Um, I, I really hope you don't, anyway. I, uh, you know, it may be worth trying, because I'm sure they're going to be good. But, but what I see in that is, that's a little microcosm of what we see in our world, where enough is never enough. Enough is never enough. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. And we never, ever just have enough. So many people devote their lives to this living for things and getting things which are going to be given to somebody else when we die. And we live for these things that are for now, and we're neglecting the things that are important we live in a perpetual state of dissatisfaction because we think things and money are just going to be what, what makes us happy. How does this play out in our lives? Parents will sometimes will, will work to provide the, the fatted calf, so to speak, for the family and, and then wonder why there's no peace in the home. They wonder why there's no relationship with their spouse. They wonder why their kids seem to hate them. And, you know, and, but I'm going to, and I'm providing the, the fatted calf. But what they don't realize is that the family wanted love. Love is better than the fatted calf with hatred. Love and vegetables, right? Love and, and, and just nothing else is more important than having, okay, we got the food on the table, but the relationships are all destroyed. And we're seeing in our society that people are placing more value on having the fatted calf and will tolerate the hatred in the home instead of saying, we're okay with not meeting the status quo of what everybody else has as long as we've got love in this home. 
And, and that is just a shift that we need to have. Spouses say things like, don't you know what I do around here? I'm sure no one in here has ever said that. I work hard to pay the bills and provide for this family. And what we're really saying is, things, if I provide things for you, that's better than love. And that's just not how it is. William Randolph Hearst, many of you know the name. Uh, he was a very wealthy news, newspaper publisher. In fact, if you go to San Luis, I think it's San Luis Obispo, up in that area, there's the Hearst Castle. And uh, it's, a, it's a visitor location. And you can go up there and you can see all. He was, a, he was an incredible, like, art collector. He collected all this art and, and uh, just he had an insatiable desire is how it was described for art, William Randolph Hearst. And so he was collecting all this stuff, and you can go see his incredible mansion up there in San Luis Obispo area. Well, one time, years ago, William Randolph Hearst heard about a piece of art, and he heard about the beauty of this piece of art, and he, he was determined to get it. He took his agent, and he sent his agent across the world to find this piece of art. And uh, he said, don't come back till you find it. And so the agent went searching for months and months and months for this piece of art. And finally, the agent found where that piece of art was. And the agent came back to William Hurst and said, Hey, I have found the piece of art. And uh, William Randolph Hurst was so elated by that. And he said, I've got even better news for you. You're going to be able to get it for free. And he was like, that is even better news. Why is it? He said, because it's sitting in your warehouse. You've had it for years. And if you go to his warehouse, there were just boxes and boxes of crates of art that he never even opened. And yet he had all of that stuff, and he had this incredible desire. And what's the lesson there? The lesson is the desire for more things can blind us from the treasure that we already possess. The, the, the desire for more things blind us to the treasure that we already possess. Look at Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17, if you would. There's a very similar verse here. In verse 1, Proverbs 17, 1, so just a page over, it says, and again, here's another better, better is this than that. Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. Very similar verse. What's a dry morsel? The word morsel means crumbs. It means scraps. It's better to have just the, the crumbs that, you know, on, on your plate as long as there's quietness with it. Than a house full of sacrifice with strife. Sacrifice is, is the word for meat. It's talking about a feast. It's, it's better to have crumbs and quietness than, than this, this sacrifice with, it says, with strife. Strife is conflict. Strife is fighting. Strife is quarreling. And it says, look, you're better off having crumbs and quietness than a feast and fighting. It, it's better. In the previous verse where we just were, it's better. This is better than this. It's a, it's a comparative term. Better is a dinner of herbs or vegetables where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. So you may be thinking, you know, we don't have much to offer. We don't have much to give our kids. We don't, we don't have much uh, that we could give to the church. We don't have much of this. We're living on the vegetables. Can, can I tell you something? But if you've got love, enjoy your vegetables. If you've got the love that, 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 God, that God wants you to have that enriches your life greater than any amount of money, hey, enjoy your vegetables. Enjoy them. I want to just leave you with three thoughts tonight. And, and it's a very brief message, just, just three quick thoughts tonight. First of all, I want to say this. I want you to take your Bible and go to Luke chapter number 12, please. Luke chapter 12. I want you to see a verse here. Luke chapter 12. This is going to be Jesus speaking here. 
<clears throat> we're going to look at Luke chapter 12. And the first thing I want to say to you tonight is this. Just some thoughts about this passage that came to me as I was studying this. First of all, I want to say this. Our lives are not about our possessions. Our lives are not about our possessions. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse number 15. By the way, how many possessions did Jesus have? He said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. He didn't have a home to live in as he's traveling around. And so it wasn't about things for Jesus, but look at chapter 12, verse 15 of the book of Luke. Chapter 12, verse 15. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Isn't that what your life's about? How many things you have? How many things you've acquired? How many things you can put in a warehouse somewhere? There are greater things to life than what you can get than the car that you drive, than the house that you live in, than the feast that you can provide, and how many five-star restaurants you can go to. Th those are not the most important things in life. There are more important things. There are more valuable things. So the first thought here is our lives are not about our possessions. The second thought I want to give you is this. I want to encourage you to value and invest more work into your relationships. Value and invest more work into your relationships. Value your relationships. Invest more work into your relationships. Value the people in your life more than the things in your life. There are many people that would trade people out of their life, out of their family, if they were given more things. They would make that trade so quickly. I want to encourage you, value the people in your life more than the things in your life. We're watching our kids grow up. In, uh, next Sunday, our son will turn 13. We'll have our first official teenager in the house. Y'all pray for us, okay? But uh, we're going to have four of them. But, but uh, they, they grow up so fast. And people told us that, and they, but, but they really do grow up fast. And they're, they're getting taller. They're, you know, the voices are deepening. Uh, the, all of this stuff is happening. And, and they're, they're growing up so fast. And I think to myself, I want to invest in their lives, not just give them things. I don't care if they're popular amongst their friends because they have the latest game or they have the latest this or that. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is am I investing in their relationship in my, with my life? Are we close? Is there love? They, they can have the fatted ox or whatever and they can have all of that, but I don't want the hatred. I'd rather have the vegetables and the love and I'll trade that any day. And uh, you know, I think about how I grew up. I didn't grow up with a lot. You know, probably a lot of people would consider when I was a kid that we were in poverty. Uh, there was a, not a lot that we had growing up. But you know what? I knew that my parents loved me. And I'm thankful for that. And, and that is worth more. I don't want to grow old and wish I had valued my relationships more. Let me just share this with you. Many people think this. Many people think, well, I really intend to do more with my wife. I really intend to do more with my kids. I really intend to have, you know, more time with my spouse. I really intend to be kind to people. I really intend to get involved with church. I really intend to, to spend more time with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I really intend to serve God more. Can I just tell you, no one will ever remember you for your intentions. Only for your actions. No one is remembered for their intentions. No one goes to a graveside and say, hey... They really intended to be kinder to their mate. You ever hear that? No one ever says, hey, they intended to spend more time with their kids. 
They intended to serve more at church. They intended to do more for God. No one ever says that. We only look at what people do, not just what people say. And so your actions are what matter. So I would say, look, value, uh, don't value possessions. That's not what your life's about. But value and invest more work into your relationships. And then lastly, I want to say this. Let love rule in your home and in your relationships. Let love, charity never faileth. Above all these things, you have charity. First Peter talks about over and over again. The book of First John, love one another, love one another. Uh, over and over again, love is the main thing. When Jesus summarized the whole law of the Old Testament, how did he, how did he summarize it? Love God, love your neighbor. Love. That is the whole purpose of the law, to tell us love people, love each other. Give me the vegetables and love over the fatted calf and the hatred. Give me the crumbs and the quiet over the feast and the fighting. Any day. And I want to talk to you, you know, when it comes to love in your home, when it comes to love, are you someone who can let things go? Are you somebody who can pass over a transgression? The Bible talks about our love is what allows us to pass over a transgression. Can you work on relationships in your home for the sake of peace and quiet and love? Can you work on that? I want to encourage you to let love rule in your home. Let love rule in your relationships. Have charity towards one another. I heard my father-in-law tell a story about a man in their church. Years ago, was working on a house. He was a construction worker. And somehow the house wasn't set up right or whatever. The house fell on his legs. <laughs> and... He, he, he didn't lose his legs. He was in a wheelchair for a long time, and he got, he got to use his legs again. He got to be able to learn to walk again. But it was the fault of somebody else, and so he sued whoever that was, and he got millions of dollars. Had a wife and a daughter. So, and he got millions of dollars. He was in the church there. And so what did they do? They did the normal things when you get all that kind of money. He bought a house. He started buying all the things that his family wanted. He would take $1,000 every week and lay it on the table for his wife. Say, here's $1,000, use it however you want. That was like her allowance, I guess, $1,000 per week. Just imagine that, all right? And, uh, and you would think, man, I, I, I'm sure there was such happiness in their home. You know, everything his little daughter wanted, he was buying for her. You know, he just bought all of these things, had the cars, had the home, had all of that. And you'd probably think, man, they were probably just so happy. It was not even long after that that his wife filed for divorce. And it wasn't long after that that they found him overdosed and dead in his office. Why? Because they thought, and the, and the wife said why she was divorcing is because you're never here. You're never around. But, hey, I, just, I, gave, I provided the fatted calf. Hey, I gave you this. Isn't that what you want? Shouldn't that make you happy? Better is the vegetables with the love. The, the relationship was better before the fatted calf. They were, a half, they were a good family, happy family. But then they got the things... And what happened? Then the hatred started. Then it was there's no more relationship, and we're relying upon the money and the things to give us happiness. I want to encourage you to choose love. Tell your family and show your family that you love them. Who, who cares how many things you have? What your family wants and needs is love. What do your relationships need? What, do, you, do your friends need you to buy lunch for them every day? Your friends need you to love them. What, what do the lost people need from you? Do the lost people need for you to, to give them money? No, the, the, your, your lost people in your life, they need someone to love them enough to share the gospel with them. So what I see from this passage of scripture is just simple stuff. First of all, our lives are not about possessions. 
Value and invest more work into your relationships. And then let love rule in your home and relationships. You may think tonight, well, all we have is vegetables. We don't have a lot. If you have love, too, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Because you are richer than you know if you have love in your home, if you have love in your life. I want to ask you tonight, what relationship in your life needs some attention? <clears throat> what relationship uh, uh, are you, uh, you, you have good intentions about it, but really the actions are not there? Well, what relationship needs some work? What are some things that you've been intending to do? And maybe it's time to put some feet to those acts and put some action to those intentions. Just some thoughts for you tonight about enjoying the vegetables as long as you've got the love. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight, Lord, to, to get our minds biblically, thinking biblically.